This isn't really how I ever envisioned opening an episode of this show. This show's always been sort of, you know, uh, semi-serious, like, almost comedic take on sports at times, but uh, stuff like the events of this weekend are just so truly unprecedented in what we've had to cover here that I just couldn't imagine just opening this any other way. And it's something that still hits hard after four days, uh, the passing of Kobe Bryant. And this sort of as a preface to my upcoming spiel, yes, there, there were uh, controversies in Kobe's past. However, anything that could be said about that from whichever side you may be on, uh, that's all just speculation. So I'm just going to be focusing on the things I have actually seen from Kobe Bryant. And based on those things, there's a lot of reasons why this has been a very tough one to accept and process. I, I think I can speak for many people, just and people my age, when I say that as soon as I knew what a basketball was, I knew who Kobe Bryant was. He was just everywhere. And as a kid, I was, even as a kid, I was sort of a harsh critic of him on the court. I just never, I never liked the Lakers. Never liked the Lakers, never liked Kobe, was not really rooting for him in the games I watched of his. But I watched his games, like, <laughs> from when I was four to when I was a sophomore in high school, just viewing basketball, he was there. And I just never really fully realized the grasp and just the amount of space he took up in my thoughts of the game until he retired on the most Kobe Bryant way possible, scoring 60 points on 50 shots. And just <laughs> for that chapter of his life to end that way was just the most fitting thing possible. And it made me just realize what I missed all along in his career. Like the, the joy I got watching that game was probably what it was like for years of Kobe of Kobe's faithful just following him night after night after night and with countless moments like that and five championships across two different decades and of just him at the forefront of the sport and he was so he was just the perfect guy I kind of loved to hate and I I respect that and respected his impact on the game but after years of him treating the competition of the game and the desire to win like it was the only thing that matters and the only thing that really exists with his Mamba mentality. Like, his, I was unsure on what he would be doing next after basketball. Like, in the public eye, he was just always dialed in on basketball and just locked in his whole career. So, to see him go from the cutthroat professional basketball player who will just rip your heart out without even thinking twice about it to being at least uh, from what I've seen after retirement just a class act and a family man like that's almost like pleasantly shocking in a way that might be a little backhand compliment there but yeah that, that's that's what it was like you got the sense that after 20 years of just working the absolute hardest anybody could on the basketball court, he realized that he had it made for the rest of his life and just focused on the things that really mattered in life. 
and the things that really mattered about sports. And that's bringing people together and just teaching all these valuable life lessons and respecting the game. In his last days on this earth, uh, the last images of Kobe Bryant we saw were him courtside at a basketball game explaining to his uh, late 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, what was going on and listening to her and explaining to her everything she was watching. And that just hit with a lot of people, like, th this is the Kobe we know now. This is the Kobe we're going to know until Gianna, uh, she was verbally committed to UConn at 13, until she changes the women's game and just the WNBA and the NBA are both things Kobe was a huge champion of, like just hearing the amount of WNBA players and NBA young guys even who never played with Kobe just talking about how he reached out to them and gave them advice. Like he didn't need to do any of this. Like this is rare for a legend of the NBA like that to have constant stories coming out of him wanting to help and grow the game of basketball as much as he possibly could. And on the day before uh, the helicopter accident, he congratulated LeBron James on passing him up in the list of all-time greatest scorers. And for someone who was just as legacy-focused and as career-driven as Kobe, for him to sit back and be like, you did it, you outworked me, congratulations, that... <laughs> That's something that he, I never saw him do as a, as a player. Like, after he would lose a playoff series, like, I would just pick, like, he would probably just go back to the locker room and just punch everything he in sight. <laughs> like, that's how I pictured him there. So for him to just hug LeBron, publicly congratulate him, and say, you got me. And that being, like, the last thing he ever said before uh, he took his daughter to a basketball game and never made it there. Like, and, and that's just the way that it happened. Like, th this was a dad taking his daughter to a basketball game. Like, what, what, what person hasn't been in a situation like, like that exactly? Like, she was 13, just, and it was, yeah, they're just spending a moment together because that's what Kobe wanted to do. He wasn't going to have one of, like, arrange for one of her friends or get one of his drivers or guys to come take her to the game. No, he, he wanted to be there with his kids every step of the way and support them at every game. No matter what was going on, if, if there was a big NBA game that night, if they wanted Kobe on TV, he would say, no, my daughter has a basketball game. I want to go to that. I want to coach that game. Like... To see him become the, the youth coach, like, dad. And he's Kobe Bryant. Like, I was just so... <laughs> it just made me happy to see that. And, you know, it, I had a feeling that no matter, like, how, uh, how you felt about Kobe during his playing days, how much you admired him, that, that we were really getting to the good stuff now. Like, th this was going to be how he was remembered. Like, you hear players say that all the time, like, oh, I love, I love my legacy to be, like, a great player in the sport, but, you know, like, rem remember me as a father and, and like, 
yeah, that's he he got the best of both worlds with the time he had. And uh, our condolences go out to the family, friends, and fans of Kobe Bryant. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So. <laughs> Jeez. Didn't know I had Not that the way you want to start a podcast. That it's great to take a step back and uh, just just, yeah. just remember him as a whole. Mm-hmm. And just like what we've seen of him, like kids lost their father, like you know, lost yeah. their coach, and and just like if you've seen the NBA on TNT tribute to him, which I highly recommend, like and you saw Shaq talking about him, yeah, like a guy they won three championships together, and according to the numerous reports, kind of hated each other a lot along the way, and Shaq has been in the public consciousness. As much as anybody can be through every TV appearance, commercials, just as much as you possibly can work on TV, Shaq's been there. And we've seen a lot of sides of him goofing off, you know. But to see him just, you know, break down like he did on TNT last night, like for someone who's on TV as much as Shaq, and we've never seen that side of him, that's. Yeah. That shows you something special about Kobe. No, absolutely. So our, as Justin said, our hearts go out to the family, everybody involved in the crash and all of their families. But uh, I think that's that, and we had better start the show. So, Justin, all right. we've got our first guest today. You want to introduce we do. We do. Nick Wyman yeah. of, of Everything XFL <clears throat> yeah. joins us on the pod today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, oh, I heard this is your first ga- first guest on the show as well, so I feel honored. honored kind of a dubious honor, but yeah. I mean, know. I'm honored. I'm honored to be <laughs> first guest. I join you guys here in this in this lovely room here. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to be here. I'm glad Justin reached out to me to be here. And yeah. It's great to be here, just in general. Because you wouldn't know it by the themes of this episode, but it is Super Bowl week, everybody. <laughs> so what better way to kick off our coverage of the big game? Are, are, are we allowed to say Super Bowl on here? Don't think so. Are we? Are we no. Nope. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored. What? I, we're, we're not even allowed to refer to it as the... Wait, so... As I think we should just we should go back through and bleep every time bleep that someone says Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Just to, we should dub it in the worst your way editor, possible. Editors have a lot of work then. Yeah, that's or, his job, that's not his mine. Job. So I always suggest the edits, and then well, he has to do them. Yeah, it's a really nice system for me. I but see, I see that here. Yeah. yeah. Work. So what better way to kick off our coverage than to focus on a completely different football league, which <laughs> kicks off a week later? Yep. This is the XFL. Yeah, the XFL begins the Saturday after the Super Bowl. Um, I mean, last year we saw a little dose of spring football. We've seen it over the past years yes. since like the early 2000s, and it hasn't worked out in the past, we can say. But I, I honestly think this league is probably the one that, you know, is here to stay, I think. And this is going to be my first question, like, why? Why? <laughs> Why should people get excited about Why this? Why people should get excited? I think, you know, the the NFL. There's only a, it's only a 53 man roster. Yes. So you know you got the best best. The NFL obviously is going to always be the best football league in the world. I'm yeah. not saying nothing. The XFL is going to jump them. There's no chance. Yeah. So 53 players make a roster, and over 
the years, you know, a lot of guys get cut, practice mm-hmm. squads, you leave the practice squad once the season's over. I think with 53 people on one roster, I think there's more football players out there who are could accomplish something. You know, the CF, CFL has had several guys go from the CFL and make it to the NFL. I think, you know, this is another league that's just located right here in America that could easily... And- yeah, go ahead. And, and you look at somebody like Raheem Mostert, who got cut mm-hmm. from six different teams, and that was starting in the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. So who knows how many of those guys are out there, and we just don't know it yet. And the XFL could be an opportunity to get to know these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I have a feeling I'm going to play a lot of devil's advocates. That's okay. So go go, go for it. But that's why I'm here. <laughs> I, I'm curious if you think that the NFL is going to view the XFL as a legitimate talent pool at least at the start you know what i mean yeah at the start it's kind of like the i mean a lot of those af guys after the af went bankrupt a lot of those guys you know signed with nfl squads and a lot of them you know made made practice squads and a lot of them made eight eight a, a team like a eight lot of, of them made a team yeah i mean it's a lot from a small upstart league where you didn't even finish the season and you know like I think earlier this year, the big the big name that came out of the league was Garrett Gilbert, who was a was the MVP of the league. And Baker Mayfield was out for about a drive, and he had to come in and play. Which, I mean, without that league, I don't think Garrett Gilbert would have stepped foot on an NFL field. Yes, I, but there's no chance. Yes, but that was the only time Garrett. Gilbert I mean, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't expect him to go out and start like right. a game for a team. Uh-huh. But yeah, but um, I think you know it opens up a league because there's a lot of football players out there who, you know. Dream is to go play in the NFL, and, you know, some guys, you know, there's so much talent in the world, you know, there's a one in a billion chance of you doing that. And with this league, you know, it gives a lot of guys, you know, the front stage before the NFL draft, because this leads right up to the draft. And one player in this league in particular, he's on the St. Louis team, Kenny Robinson. He's a former five-star recruit. He decided, he, he transferred from West Virginia once Daniel Holgerson got left to go to Houston. Mm-hmm. So he was in the transfer portal. He had no idea what he was going to do for his senior year of college football. So the XFL called him and he said, hey, you want to try out for our league? And he said, sure. And now he's playing one year in the XFL and he's going to the NFL draft. Could, 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 and, you, could you see more players like taking this route? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, you know, like this gives you, you know, a good like couple months in between, you know, the college football season and that. And, I mean, the pay is there, too. Like, with college athletes, I don't want to go far into college athletes and pay. But <laughs> but in this way, you know, guys can, you know, make a little bit of money and then try to make it to the league. Right, yeah. And then to try to play, you know, three, four years of college ball where you don't make a dime. Yeah. Then to try to, you know, break your body down through three to four years. Like, look at Tua. Tua, yeah. we questioned what he thought he would be in the NFL last year. He had to play a whole season this year. and could, mm-hmm. could you, like some have encouraged the XFL to do, see them going after, like, top college freshmen and sophomores? Like we're saying, like, if, like, Trevor Lawrence yes, wanted who's, to make it. Who's, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback, he's not draft eligible, eligible right now. He has to play another year at Clemson. But if he's, if he's, like, if he's like, I want to make money, then he could go to the XFL. I mean, do you it, think the XFL is going to try to entice – no. I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence, but players like him. Exactly. I think, like, guys who were coming right out of high, you know, just a senior in high school, you're going to a freshman in college, and there's maybe, you know, you're a third string, fourth string on the depth chart. Yeah. I, I think I think you have a legitimate shot. Like, you legit could say, oh, I mean, I'm not going to play this year. I'm probably going to redshirt. 
Mm-hmm. I'm probably I may not see the field next year. I'll be on the practice team for the scout team for my college. I mean, you could do that, and then you know, once the season's over, you can go say, "Hey, all right, I'm unenrolling in my classes, and I'm going to go play in a football league." Yeah. So I I honestly could see that. I think that's what this league's meant to do. Plus the guys who are former NFL talents who are trying to make it back to the league. And a lot of these guys, like a lot of college football stars who are in this league as well, like Cardell Jones, Ohio State quarterback, won the national championship. So, yeah. And Landry Jones, he's a former, he threw like top five most passing yards in college football history. He's in the league. So, so sorry, but before we go any further, I think for, frankly, my sake, and then I think a lot of the listeners probably don't know a whole lot about the nuts and bolts of this. So can you give us a sense of how's the season structure work, sure. how many teams, stuff like that? I did my homework. Good thing I did my homework. I have 11 pages of notes if, I mean, we won't be able to see us. but I, impressive. I have 11 pages of notes here. It's like a booklet here. From Wikipedia. Your, <laughs> most of it is. You're but, setting the bar for guests. I got to say, like, man, if they I don't know. walk in with 12, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> see, yeah, they're going to have to... I'm like the Heisman of the, the Heisman. guests right now. I'm the Joe Burrow of the guests right the now. Joe Absolutely. <laughs> so the season, there are eight teams. So eight, these eight teams are located all over America. So we have the Dallas Renegades, who are coached by Bob Stoops, who's a former college football Oklahoma sure. coach. Houston Roughnecks, June Jones, he coached SMU down there. He's a, That's another team. The Los Angeles Wildcats, the Seattle Dragons, <laughs> and that's one division. So they're doing a West and East division. Sure. The East division has the D.C. Defenders. The New York Guardians, the St. Louis Battlehawks, and the Tampa Bay Vipers. So closest team would be St. Louis. St. Louis, St. Louis, which is a bit of a drive <laughs> if you wanted to see a game. But. It's been a while since that Towns had a football team. Yeah, yeah, which I find true. which I find intriguing because I think in one of the weeks, I think early in the season, like week four or five, the LA team makes a travel to St. Louis. Oh wow! Oh, so, like that. So the the team that the Rams went to played the. You know, I, I really ought to see like, how the turnout is, is for that. Are, yeah. are, are they playing in the Edward Jones Dome, they too? Are, I have every, like, Dallas is playing at Globe Life Park, where the new ballpark. Oh, wow. Where the Rangers are playing. Okay. Houston's playing. So, the, so, so we're going to see baseball diamond football again. Well, they, they, they don't have the diamond out yet, oh, so they okay. put in turf. But it's gonna, you'll see, like. Oh, you know, yeah. The Houston Roughnecks are playing where Houston, the college, University yeah. of Houston plays. Okay. L.A. Wildcats are playing where uh, the – Chargers play. Hopefully, they're fans. Okay. Hopefully, they have fans that show up and like the Chargers. <laughs> um, Seattle Dragons are playing with the Seahawks play at CenturyLink. Yeah. Uh, DC is playing at Audi Field with the soccer, the MLS soccer team. DC plays, United plays. The Guardians are playing at MetLife, so another football team in MetLife State. <laughs> it's like they don't have enough already. <laughs> St. Louis is playing at the the Dome of the America Center, is what it's called now. And the Tampa Bay Vipers are playing Raymond James. Okay. So the Buccaneer, where the Buccaneers play. So so they're sharing some NFL venues. Yeah. They I've looked at the tickets and stuff. They haven't opened up the top oh. upper deck yet. <laughs> but I think you know they're just they don't know what the attendance is going to be like week one. They're so, tarping it. <laughs> I mean we'll see. I know I've seen like down below. There's some good like St. Louis and Seattle are leading in tickets right now. Seattle is selling out a lot. Like they've they've been talking about opening up the. For the century link mm-hmm. my guess is because like their basketball team got taken away from that yeah the supersonic so like what is it yeah Se- what is there to do in seattle besides the seattle for- sports fans show up yeah and like, then st louis it's like yeah you have the blues and the cardinals and then that, mm-hmm. there's like that season where there's like nothing to do yeah and and, and seattle fills that stadium for an mls team yeah that's, like, yeah that's, that's pretty much it that's all they got <laughs> um but yeah the games are gonna be broadcast on fox networks and espn networks so it'll be oh, on cool fox fs1 fs2 abc espn espn2 
The announcers, I don't know if you guys follow like who the announcers are games, <laughs> but Kurt Menefee and Joel Klatt will be doing the Fox games. Menefee's going to be in the booth. Menefee's the studio host for the for the Fox yeah. game with like Terry Bradshaw, yeah, so, Jimmy Johnson, Michael Strahan. So so when Terry and Jimmy are goofing off, Kurt Menefee's like the come on guys. Oh, that I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then Joel Klatt is the guy who does the game of the week with Gus Johnson on for college football. Why couldn't they get Gus Johnson too? He has college basketball, is my oh. so man, that would that'd be rough if he had to do both. Um, and then the they haven't really re- revealed anybody else who's doing it if they're not doing both games or whatever, or they're yeah. gonna have a second group. Uh, ESPN already has announced they're they're gonna have Steve Levy, Greg McElroy will be doing the. <laughs> Saturday game, I believe. Yeah. And then Tom Luganville and Diana Rasuni are going to be doing the sidelines. Mm. And then the Sunday group will be Tom Hart and Joey Galloway okay. with Pat McAfee as the sideline <laughs> reporter. You're kidding. I'm dead That's serious. That's fun. That's kind of so, great. Yeah, he will be the sideline. I said he should try out and be a punter. Yeah. Uh, might as well. So, yeah, that's what they're doing. So, basically... There's a lot of different rule changes in this league, too. Okay. Which is completely different. You know, that, that, that was, good, that was spring, good. Yeah, we, question. spring football without gimmicky stuff is... It's, 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 it's not it's, spring football. So, basically, they'll be kicking off from the 25-yard lines instead of the 40-yard lines like the NFL. So, they're moving the kickoffs 15 yards back? Exactly. Because I imagine it'd be rather hard to kick from 25 yards to the goal line. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah, they'll be kicking from the 25, so let's get your imaginary hats on here and imagine the football field here so they'll be kicking from the 25 yard line and they usually kick from the 35 yeah. and whatever um basically both they'll minimize basically they're doing this to minimize player impact oh so like and then the players who are receiving the ball and the defenders on the kickoffs will be five yards apart from each other okay they can't, oh yeah they can't move until the kickoff returner has caught the ball. I remember seeing about this. I honestly think, like, dear listener, look up a diagram of this because it's kind of hard it's to hard, explain. It's hard. They posted a couple diagrams, and it made it way easier. Yeah. yeah. Basically, basically, the only people who can move during the kickoff slash punts are the punter, who's obviously kicking the ball, so it's not like he's going to make a full-out sprint, and the receiver, who's obviously going to have to move when he catches the ball. That gives me a very terrible idea I think they should try. No, no, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, you just have the punter and the returner move. Well, then there's gonna be a kickoff. No, oh, just on no, the field. Just those two on the field. <laughs> well, it's gonna be a kickoff return every time. You're gonna need fast punters. But yeah, yeah, the athletes. You're gonna have to. But yeah. basically, they're doing it just basically because you know on kickoffs there's some serious injuries that yes. happen during kickoffs in all of football. So they're doing this to minimize player impact. And they had a few couple scrimmage games a couple weeks ago where they did it and. It actually looked like it worked. Like, got, <laughs> kickoffs were a little... They're doing this so kickoffs, like, it's not just a touchback every time. And so, if you do kick it in the touchback, the ball comes out to the 35. So, <laughs> you have... I'd rather kick it to the guy than rather... Yeah. And then if you kick it out of bounds on a punt, you know guys try to kick it out of bounds so the guy can't return it. Yeah. The ball comes out to the 35-yard line no matter what. On a punt. On a punt, no matter what. Even if, <laughs> like, if you're trying to pin them in, inside... You can't, like, corner them anymore. Cor- you can't do a corner coffin kick. Huh. So let's say let's say your a punter's trying to kick it out of bounds at the you know f- inside the five yard line, just kick it out. Mm-hmm. If you do that, the ball comes out to the thirty five. <laughs> you can't huh. you can't do that. You have to kick it, even if it's a touchback. And let's say the kick isn't long enough, it'll come, it'll do. Let's say it's like a botched kick, and the kick only goes like five yards, and it goes out of bounds. It won't go to the thirty five. It'll go to whatever benefits the receiving team more. So it's trying to increase scoring and helping, so there's no like helmet to helmet collisions on kickoffs and. 
blindside hits and stuff right. like that. So, and I think it's clearly also kind of trying to make things a little bit more interesting, so you don't see the same mm-hmm. kickoff return yeah, every single there's, time. There's no touchback. Like in, when you yeah. play Denver Broncos, every time they play, there's a touchback. Yeah, ninety nine percent of the time. Uh huh. And yeah, and this is also like a little bit of a guinea pig league for like mm-hmm. the NFL to observe and like if if the fans absolutely love the new kickoffs. Like the NFL will the, jump right on. The NFL will get on that boat. I mean, all these kickoff leagues have done something that's brought, you know, the NFL, like the original XFL back in 2001 brought the Skycam, like the little thing that floats around over the field. Really? That's the XFL was the first one to invent that. And then the NFL huh. said, oh, man, that works. Let's use that. The AAF last year, they did the, the guy up in the booth, you know, would be the guy to, who would buzz down for the replays or whatever. And then they'd do a limit on how long you'd be able to review a play. NFL has tried doing that this year. They didn't do it successfully. <laughs> um, but in the Pro Bowl this year, the, X, the NFL did, if you had an onside kick, it was 4th and 15. That's what the original AAF did. Yeah, but who's going to onside kick in the Pro Bowl? Who, who cares that exactly. much about yeah, winning exactly. the Pro Bowl? Um, I think the NFL likes to have the guise of innovation yeah, while not actually Bowl. changing yeah. anything and risking anything. The, the Pro Bowl is kind of a guinea pig thing. They just try out stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a couple more rules I can get into. The point after touchdown is interesting. Um, yeah. They usually do, you know, you know, normally kick the ball in mm-hmm. college in the NFL. And this there, you it'll be replaced with a scrimmage play, varying in point values depending on how far you are from the end zone. <laughs> so if you take a snap from the goal for a two yard a two yard attempt from you know a normal two point conversion is one point. A five yard attempt from the five yard line is two points. And if you really want to get risky, from the 10-yard line, you can get three points after the touchdown. The, the phrase three-point conversion is the main reason I'm watching the XFL. See, like, this idea makes get, me you, so you happy. You can get nine points on a possession. So if it's an 18-point game, it's technically only a two-possession <laughs> two possession game. So That's you, so cool. It's like, you know, usually when you see the NFL, it's like 21-0. You're like, oh, man, this game's, yeah. this game's over. In the XFL, that's only three. That's like three, that's like three possessions right now, and you only need you only need to score three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Two touchdowns and a field goal, and yeah. you're tied. <laughs> so yeah, I think you know the the spring football league they did last year wasn't nothing was televised. They tried this rule, and supposedly like scores were like 40, 50s, etc., like that, depending on defenses. But the thing is, the the defensive team can also run back those points. So let's say you get an interception. And run back three point conversions, so things can get a little crazy on the scoreboards. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a double forward pass rule, which teams will will be able to attempt two two forward passes on the same play, so long as the ball never crosses the line of scrimmage before the second pass. So let's say you run a little. We're here in Nebraska. We're used to wi- r- wide receiver <laughs> screen passes, bubble screens, bubble screens. If you do a bubble screen like the running back wide receiver swing pass. That wide, that running back can then toss it downfield if he if he catches it behind the line of scrimmage. Do you have teams said that's really in the playbook? Is I think that... so. I I wonder if there's a Justin before. Yeah. There's a couple teams that could do this. Like, let me see. We got Seattle, who has uh, B.J. Daniels as their backup quarterback, who's a former USF quarterback. He's he was listed as a running back slash wide receiver in the yeah. draft, mm-hmm. but he's technically the backup quarterback. I can see plays where they like Taysom Hill him. Sure. Um, Tampa Bay is Quentin Flowers, another UC, USF guy. USF. USF must just have something in their yeah. football program. He's, he's listing as a running back right now and a wide receiver, but he's a former quarterback, so a lot of teams could run these trick plays. And I think it, I think it's interesting. It just makes things interesting because as a defense, it's going to be yeah. hard to stop that. And 
along with like communications, you know, they're doing a play clock only like 25 seconds. NFL, it's 40 seconds. Right. So every player will have a headset in their helmet. Unlike the NFL has just the Mike linebacker and the quarterback. So everybody's going to have the same headset on. The co- coach can yell, blah, 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 we're doing this play. That's awesome. So That's the kind of thing I could see getting adopted. That's there's no really reason cool. for a huddle anymore, basically. So <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be shocked to see any of these huddles, like teams huddle up. Huh, that's like, really awesome. Because yeah. like, it's like, let's say we do a run play for like five yards. Coach can yell, blah, 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 we're doing this play. All right, everybody huddle up. We're ready to go. Like, And you have 25 seconds, so... Yeah, you, you don't have, you have time. You have, you have plenty. I think you have plenty of time. Oh. If the coach is yelling in. That's about ten seconds to comprehend what we're doing, get in the right formation, and yeah, get going. Mm-hmm. I mean, after a player gets tackled, you're gonna have to get up really quick and get ready to go. But you're almost certainly gonna see mistakes here and there, right? I, they've but, done a few. They each team's had two scrimmage games, I think, to kind of okay figure cool. it out. So it's yeah. not like they're just going out there like, all right, good luck out there, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we never tried this before. But still, I mean, when you think about it, though, like. Quarterbacks spend a lot of time training on how to work through the headset and listen to things. Like mm-hmm. you, now, you multiply that chance of something going wrong by eleven. You know that's mm-hmm. that's big. Um, I think that that could be kind of interesting and fun to watch. Honestly, yeah, I just want to see. They also said they're gonna mic up players and coaches during the game too, so like you can hear them during the broadcast. That's awesome. So you'll you'll be able to hear like that's what the sideline reporters are doing. They'll do interviews during the game, not just like. Oh, he's going to halftime. How's it going? And, and and that's something from the original XFL. They did that too. Yeah. Which which is something that I probably... I'm fine with hearing what coaches and players yeah. got to say during the game. Yeah. Like, it should be interesting. And, yeah. and, and that minimizes the coach speak I think we get. Because... Like it's it's still gonna happen. Like right. d- like don't get me wrong, but asking the coach right after the play has happened is going to get a lot more honest of a result than <laughs> yeah. than when they have time to reach into their bag of cliches. Yeah. It, it's almost an anti-Belichick, like, you don't get to, like, you know. Yeah, I, I think it could be funny. thing is, they also tested overtime rules. Overtime's not like the NFL where one team gets the possession and scores. Uh, overtime decided by, it's like soccer, a five-round shootout. What? With two-point convert, they alternating two-point conversion. This is right after my heart. <laughs> well, I, I'm a really big soccer fan, See? and the See? penalty shootout is Imagine, one of the best things put, about the sport. Put that in the put that in the NFL. So it'll, there'll be five rounds of two-point conversions alternating, like soccer and hockey, such so as a shootout. It's from the five. It's from the two and a half, like the normal. Two oh, round. like a like a two-point conversion. Like a two-point Interesting. conversion. They'll trade back and forth each one. So the defense. The defense is not able to score. If the defense gets an interception, the play's play dead. is dead. So that's how they – it's like soccer. Like, you block it, mm-hmm. the defense to block, uh, blocks it. I, I, I like that, but I think they should make it more consistent to other parts of the game where you can choose to go for one, two, or three. Oh, that would make it crazy. Though. No, that's, that's, that's too, too much. much. Too much thinking. Oh. They're trying to minimize it. And the defensive penalties, any defensive penalty moves it to the one-yard line. <laughs> No matter what it is. Huh. And to speed up the overtime process, both teams' offense and defense will be on the field at the same time in behind the play. Oh, I like that. So instead of, like in soccer, everyone's standing behind the yeah. goal like, yeah. where the guy's going. That's where they're going to be standing. So the overtime rules are ensure both teams have the opportunity to win the game and would limit to a five. To, these are They tested these. It, it took about five to six minutes for this to happen. Seriously? It goes that quick? It's going to go that quick. They want it to be fast. Game times are... Well, if the, if the clock's 25 seconds. Yeah. And you Damn. Have, and the thing is, is they're doing... They tested game times. They, they're they trying to cut it under the three-hour window. Good. Games are from about two and, a, two and a half hours to 240. 
That's, so games are if, me fast. If if we can get Fox to televise a game in under three hours, I will be wow. <laughs> the college games take forever. Like they, they do. Talk. And then if both teams remain tied after five rounds, it, they'll do a multiple round of conversions. We played until one. It'll be a, basically a knockout. Like right, like a sudden death. Sudden game. death. Whoever scores. Oh, whoever scores first wins. It'll be like let's say, let's say St. Louis is playing LA. Games tied five, like three to three. We're going to the we're after five rounds. Yeah. St. Louis scores, L.A. has to score, or the game's over. Oh. L.A. scores, and then L.A. goes next, and L.A. scores, and L.A. Like, like a soccer penalty like a soccer shootout. Penalty shootout. Same oh, principle. Okay. After five, it's just... I, I was under five, the impression it's just like, that... whatever. That, that was like a sudden death the whole way through. No. Oh, no, okay. That'd be, that'd be crazy. <laughs> so, huh. yeah, the over, those are all the overtime rules. The clock changes have gotten into them. Basically, outside of the two-minute warning, the clock will run no matter what. Like, incomplete pass, clock will still run. Oh, wow. So the game's speed will speed up. That's D- Does going out of bounds still stop the clock? Only if it's below the two-minute warning. I like that. Oh. I like that a lot. No matter what, the clock will run. I'm blowing your guys' minds right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Dude, Dar- how are pe- here's my question. I, I'm sorry to stop you. Go for how it. How are people going to keep up with this at first? I think I'm going to need a cheat sheet. Like, if you can just send me a copy of that, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I think before the games, I think they're doing the first game. I think they're doing a 30-minute pregame on ESPN. Okay. It's, I, it's a rumor. I don't know if that's confirmed. I think that would make a lot of sense. Just to, like, give you, like... Hey, this is happening. kind of a primer leg. Yeah, but, like, they also could explain it. That's like the first broadcast. The Seattle and DC game is going to be huge, I think, for the league. That's okay. that's the first game. That's the first game. It's at one o'clock our time on on ABC, and there's a oh. game at four o'clock. Then I think so. There's like a three hour window. So my guess is they're protect- oh, it's like a double header to start the. They do every like, every day. I can give you the schedule right here. Here's the schedule. Oh, you can, sweet. You can take a look at that right now as I keep talking here. Sure. So the clock changes. Basically, I already told you that, but the clock would only stop during a change of possession. That's the only time the okay. clock would stop. So it will be like, punt return. He's down. Clock, clock stops. Clock what? stops. That's the only time the clock will stop. Or like an interception or a fumble. Um, so basically, I'll basically do that. So I said the play clock will be at 25 seconds long and after the spot of the ball, obviously. And they're adding an extra ref who is his only job is to spot the football. His job is not to throw flags. His job is to get up there, grab the ball, spot it, blow the whistle, we play on. So, so he's like a ball boy in tennis, basically. He's a, yeah, he's ready. He's basically the guy who's going to be out there ready to go and ready to spot the ball and get the play going. He's not there to throw flags or anything. Side, so, side note, Wimbledon ball boys are the most unappreciated people yeah, in sports. People work, we work. should do a whole episode on Wimbledon ball just, boys. Like, cause we they, should get one of them as a guest. <laughs> that would be great. Because they run on as fast as they can, go off as fast as they can, and maintain like the most proper stance possible. So just, I appreciate them. Go just ahead. looking at the schedule, and I was stupid not to realize this, mm-hmm. but like... Eight teams means there's only four games a weekend, which means feasibly, if every you really game wanted to, you could watch every game. It's not like weekend. the NFL where you only it's regional coverage. Every game's on TV. The AF was kind of the same way besides week one. They'd have every game on TV besides you have to find out where Bleacher Report Live is on your yeah. on your thing. That's what hurt. All I, these games are on national networks. I think one of the things that makes this really viable is the fact that it has 
you know, all of those big now the Fox family and the ESPN. ESPN. I've seen family. commercials recently on both networks, like during like the NFC Championship game, during the uh, the Pro Bowl, and recently. But yeah, I think so. Like and they, uh, and Fox has the Super Bowl, don't they? Yes, I'm expecting to see a Super Bowl commercial within the next yeah. couple yeah. days, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, but basically the league, the stru- structure is going for games. We'll have a game on two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. None of them ever overlap because my guess there's like a three-hour lin- window in between each game. So I'm guessing the first game goes about two hours and 40 minutes, and that gives you enough time for the next game. Mm-hmm. And the games are basically, I th- correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're like 1 and 4 o'clock every Saturday. They're the same time. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday, there's sometimes, you know, 1 and 4, or there are sometimes later, like I think there's like an 8 o'clock start game yeah. between L.A. and Seattle. Because but if it's the, three hours and it's, it's less a than weekend. Three, less than three hours, 8 o'clock, game will get over by 10.30. So yeah. Yeah, it's not like sometimes where the games on Sunday football run to like 11 sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is going to be... Or, or like the national championship game. The which, fourth quarter was like... Yeah, uh, which kicked off at 7 and finished at 11.30. Yeah. Basically, I already mentioned all the rules. Uh, basically, instead of three timeouts, teams will be given two timeouts. Oh. So you're going to have to really strategize with the timeouts. <laughs> um, and timeouts are the thing that like coaches, I think, are the worst at in terms of like this should be easy but like yeah they never know when to use them i feel no yeah. i feel like that's true so <laughs> so you only have two this time which, yeah i mean taking away i mean i'm fine with that yeah and then instant replays will be limited to 60 seconds there will be no coaches challenges and the sky judge will ornate all reviews the sky judge that is the coolest that's, name. that's a pretty dope so name. there'll be guys sit there'll be a referee judge whatever you want to call him up in the booth and he is in charge of all replays. That's all only job he has. I hope he gets like a little golden throne and like <laughs> or something. There, I am okay. Sky Judge. Like so, he has sixty seconds. So I, I kind of want to see if they actually limit that rule. Like it's actually sixty seconds, or are they gonna like? Go over like if they just saying like oh you only have a minute like they should put it on the clock on the yeah that stuff all seems pretty hardcore though. I feel like like it's... that's what the X is. It's extreme. Yeah, I guess <laughs> that is not confirmed, but. I feel like, you know, they they really tested all their rules, and I think they tried to, like, make sure there were no holes unlike some other spring leagues. I, I might be wrong about this, and if I'm totally off base, you can cut it, but isn't the commissioner, like, Andrew Luck's dad it, or something? It, it is. Yeah. Oliver Luck is the commissioner. Because <laughs> the, league, the league was made by Vince McMahon, we all know that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we know, you know, he's had some terrible ideas in the past. <laughs> yeah. We can, I can, XFL, the first XFL 1.0 is... Yes. Complete garbage, we all know. That deserves a deep rewind, <laughs> as we say around here. <laughs> if you really here. want to, you can go check it out on YouTube. And there's like, I mean, I've, if you watch the 30 for 30 for yeah. ESPN, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, the 30 for 30 is excellent. I wrote a paper on it for History of Sport. If you <laughs> oh, yeah. Got a, got an A on it, so. Nice. Um, <laughs> basically, yeah, I think Vince McMahon has taken the back seat here, which I think is great. Yeah. I think Oliver Luck is the commissioner. I think that's a great you know, guy to step up because his son stepped down in the NFL due to, you know, concussions and yeah. injury and stuff. And I think this league is not more about like back then was all about the hard hits. You can't call fair catches. This league's all about um, protection for your players and make sure you guys don't get yes. concussions, etc. Mm-hmm. Yes, but well, like, uh, unlike how the NFL is trying to do that and like everyone just moans about safety, the XFL is taking like the fun route. They're taking precautions, but they're making the game interesting yes right like with the you can get nine points of possession um yeah the game plays can be way faster so like it's not like where you have to sit there and watch the same replay for three minutes in the <laughs> nfl and then mm-hmm. the ball gets snapped 
Um, I'm not sure how long commercials are going to be. But I'm guessing they'll be they'll be commercials, obviously. Yeah, but they probably don't have the the advertisers the NFL does. So it could be like we could see like thirty to you know thirty seconds to a minute and a half commercials. Yeah. Halftime they said is only ten minutes as well. <laughs> Man. So, so I'm curious. I guess this is for the both of you. Like, do you think that that sped up rate of play actually might increase injuries? Like, I think substitutions are going to be you have to really like. You're going to have to really plan them out and be yeah. ready for it. And then I think, you know, before the game, I think stretching and stuff is going to have to be very, yeah. very important, I think. Because, I mean, some of us, like, uh, stretching is yeah. whatever. And I can't imagine that a lot of these teams have a whole lot of depth. They don't. There's only 52 teams on e- 52 players on each roster as of right now. But, and, mm-hmm. but only 46 are going to be active for game time. So yeah. six guys are going to be on the inactive. And list. there is what is called Team 9. Yep. No, not to be confused with Team 10. Do you want me to explain Team 9? or do you Yeah, mean, explain Team 9. Team 9 is like a flurry of guys who got cut who are going to be practicing in Houston as a practice squad. Oh, my God. It's the Rudy Rudiger Memorial Team. So That's they're, kind of awesome. They're, they're basically going to be practicing throughout the whole week. Dude, I love that. And let's say, like, Seattle loses a wide receiver. They can go, oh, Team 9 has a couple of wide receivers who'd like to try out. And they can go there. So it would be like a waiver wire, like in fantasy football. Yeah. So you could go claim guys off that Team 9. Yeah. Not just go calling a guy who's on his couch saying, hey, you want to come play? So they're they're constantly like developing the, their game. You mentioned fantasy. Is there a fantasy league s- system for this There setup? is, but it's not like completely like amazing, I'd say. Right. You know, I have a fantasy league currently I made. It's on this. Let me see if I can find a link to it. It's like Afflin Sports. The a- they do the same thing as the AF. My draft is on... Saturday night before the Super Bowl, so that's what I'm gonna do. So nice. this is gonna be hard to look at for listeners, but it's like it's Alt Fantasy League, AltFantasySports.com. I would check them out. Um, if you're making a league, I'd suggest doing an 18 league because if you do more than eight, you're not gonna get a starting quarterback. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, yeah, this is what we have for a league right now. So basically, it's like normal fantasy rules. You have a quarterback, running back, two wide receivers. Sure. So, yeah, there is fantasy. I know ESPN, like, people are hoping ESPN has it, but I'm not going to might it. That seems like a year two thing. You yeah, know? I, th- I think so. But the thing is about the XFL, too, they have money for right now, currently, that Vince McMahon took his own money and put it in here for three years. Oh, wow. oh really? So they, have enough so... money, they have enough money for three years, currently. And he... Took his, he took his own money, out of his own money, and said, I'm going to invest it and make it this, you know, this new company, basically. And that's what he did. So it's, it's a little risky on his part. But yeah, well, when you think about it, though, like that's not a long window for a sports league to become profitable. Look at the WNBA. And this is not a knock on the WNBA. Like, we mm-hmm. can get into that a whole can yeah. of worms some other time. Yes. But the WNBA has been non-profitable for how long? I mean, as long as they've been around. Yeah. And hasn't found a way to get to profitability. Mm-hmm. So... To get there in three years is is actually kind of a big ask. So if they're, you know, they asked, you know, he put in his own money for it too, which is yeah. very, I mean, he's, right. a, he's a millionaire, almost a billionaire, yeah, so right. obviously. So what I think is, you know, if he sees, you know, it's the attendance is like big, I think, week one. Because we don't know what we're getting week one. Yes. I've seen StubHub tickets have been sold from the lower bowls in like some good areas. Uh, the ones that worry me are like New York. Because like it's gonna be cold yeah. February, March, mm-hmm. April. Uh, I think like L.A. could be a little worrisome because the NFL they struggle to fill the NFL stadiums there. Yeah. Um, 
I think like Dallas and Houston have a lot of football fans down there. St. Mm-hmm. Louis and Seattle, I think, are going to be the they're going to be the big getters. Like in the AFA, the San San Antonio team, they were full every game. San mm-hmm. Antonio and San Diego were full. <laughs> Could you see teams getting shuffled around locations in the next couple years to I, find like, better like, markets, I, like expansions? Not even expansions, just like, hey, it's not working out in L.A., but we know Maybe. we can fill, I don't know. San Jose? San Jose. San or Diego some, or somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I'm even thinking, like, I'm amazed that there are no Midwestern cities on this list. Hey, I can mean, you imagine if they put one of these things in Omaha? There was a People room. would flip their... <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the rumor in the AF before they uh, went bankrupt was Omaha, they were looking at Omaha as one of the markets for one of their expansion uh-huh. teams. So if the XFL does... You know, make it through its first year. I could see, you know, if you look at this, you know, we could have a Western team. We could have a team like in like Las Vegas, and then a Midwestern team joining teams like New York, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, and DC and Omaha. So yeah. get our hopes up. I mean, there are a lot of Huskers also represented in this league as well. Really? Right. Yeah, I um, wanted to walk through that later, but Seattle has Gerald Foster, okay, Lyman. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple others. I gotta put me on the spot here. Um, St. Louis has Demorne Pearsonell and Brandon Riley at wide receiver. All right. Um, I'm trying to think. Of. Mo Cisse is also on another team. I can't put him on the spot right now. But Alonzo Moore is on the Seattle team. And also, uh, Seattle's offensive coordinator is Mike Riley. <laughs> well, that can't I mean, cheer for Seattle now. Hey, they, have, <laughs> they honestly, like, I don't know. They have betting odds right now. You can bet on who you think is the who's going to win the XFL championship. Really? I was going to say this must be huge for sports gambling. Like, if you're gambling, yeah, they said this is, like, a big thing. Like, they're doing a DraftKings, like, league for this. <laughs> oh, yeah? So you can go, Huh? I mean, the fantasy draft, I have the first pick. I don't even know what I'm doing yet. <laughs> yeah. I have 48 hours to figure out what I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, obviously... And these teams have never. Jordan Westerkamp is on Team Nine. Yes, he is. He. Oh no way! He yeah. was on. He caught a touchdown from Cardell Jones in the scrimmage for DC. Yeah. Last Monday. Nice. But I mean, the, the, me and Justin have talked about this yeah. often. DC's team is stacked at receiver. Yeah. They really? have. They have, uh, they have a former AF player who led the league in receiving, and Rashad Ross. He's like mm-hmm. insane. I don't know how he was on the. Uh, Panthers practice squad all year. But but if he's on team nine, he can get picked up by, by anybody, anybody at anybody. any time. Anybody at any time. If like somebody gets hurt or like they want somebody make, gets cut or whatever. They want to make a different different direction of receiver, they can sure. pick him up. So yeah. the Huskers are well represented in this league. Yes. Cool. That's awesome. Um so obviously none of the teams have actually played a game yet. Mm-hmm. Who's looking to to actually contend at the end of this? This is gonna be tough. I think every team is well balanced. I really think so. Like Dallas, I think if I look at the offenses of what I've seen, like Dallas, they have Landry Jones, who's who's injured currently. Yes, but he's questionable for Week One. So they have Phil Nelson, who played at Minnesota for a bit. And okay, he, he transferred obviously. Okay, and then he um ended up he's he played in the AF last year and it was pretty solid in the games he was in. Houston, they have a quarterback battle that. Reportedly today came out that they don't even know they're going to probably play both guys week one. They Philip Walker and Connor Cook, and then LA team they traded their quarter like at the beginning of the before the draft happened. Each each team had a quarterback who they just gave. <laughs> they tra- LA traded that quarterback they got for free to New York. <laughs> wow! I was really shocked when I saw that. And their quarterback is Josh Johnson, who has probably the most NFL experience. Yes, and was the Detroit Lions. Uh, the quarterback Matthew Stafford went down with injury late this year, and the Detroit Lions tried to sign Josh Johnson, but the oh. XFL blocked them since he was already under yep. contract with no them. No way! Yep. So Landry Jones was the same way. The Steelers tried to sign him. Yep. And Landry Jones was the first quarterback 
first player to sign with the XFL. Because when Ben Roethlisberger went down, they were down to what were their names? What's his name? uh, Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges. Uh, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. Um, they tried to sign Landry Jones. The XFL said no. He just he's ours. So they blocked blocked him from doing that. Hmm. Um, yeah. So LA's got the most NFL ready quarterback. Seattle they have Brandon Silvers who's played at Troy. He played for the Memphis Express in the AF. He, was, was, was he the guy who played against us when he was on Troy? No, he was oh, not. Okay. He was not. Um, he took over for Johnny Menzel in the XFL. Oh, okay. The AF. AF, so, okay. And they won an overtime game. They also had Zach Mettenberger on that team. Uh, okay. I have to say, I was like kind of surprised not to hear Johnny Menzel's I was name too. in connection I, with the XFL. Like, this feels made for him in so I, many I, different ways. I mean, year two, I think... If they make it to year two, I, I could see Johnny Menzel getting a shot. Yeah, I, I watched the AAF game when he when he signed. I was like, I have to watch him play. Yes, because that was the AAF's last gasp of relevancy. Was he wasn't even like terrible when he played. He like, wasn't bad. I mean, I when he got signed with the CFL, I watched his CFL his one CFL game. Um, DC, has, I think DC is probably my favorite team on paper right now. But that's on paper. You never know when they play. They have Cardell Jones. They have a stud receiving core. They have Donnell Pumphrey, who's like one of the top rushers in college football. Yeah. Uh, history at San Diego State. Yeah, and New York has Matt McGloin. Us Big Ten fans know Matt McGloin very well. Penn State. Uh, St. Louis, they have, they've had one of the younger – they drafted very young. So what I feel like they're going to be – they could struggle at first, but once they figured the end, they announced their starters, Jordan Tamu today. He's an Ole Miss quarterback. He's the, the throwing Samoan is his nickname. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. So he played for Ole Miss with DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Okay. okay. And, to answer your question about Johnny Manziel uh, – Oh, no. The XFL commissioner says he just ain't good enough. Well, there you go. There's well, high, fair enough. There's a high standard here <laughs> in the XFL. And uh, Tampa Bay has Aaron Murray, who played at Georgia, and he played in the AF for the Atlanta. I can't remember. Legends. Legends, yes. They're purple and gold. That's how I remember. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think it's going to be exciting. Uh, startup leagues are all exciting. I think the first game of the year, that D.C.-Seattle game, is going to be very exciting to see because there's not what's going on the Saturday after the Super Bowl college hoops that's yeah yeah that's about, maybe some NBA yeah I feel like those football fans are kind of always like you know if you're just you just watch football and you're kind of like man the Super Bowl just ended I don't know what to do yeah and the, this this league's for you the first real test of of this league's relevancy I think and this is just me spitballing mm-hmm. go March Madness. If people are watching these games instead of watching March Madness games, that's going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. What I think, um, what I think helps them is that they're on ABC and Fox too, right? Because like CBS and TBS, TNT will all have all those March Madness. Mm-hmm. Games right. Open. Another thing I with baseball starting up too, a lot of baseball fans go come out of hibernation this time of year. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so. I think that early. Early baseball gets a lot less attention. Like I feel that baseball ramps real, up pretty evenly throughout the year. But, yeah. but if you're a really hardcore baseball fan, I know a yeah. lot of hardcore baseball fans don't <laughs> pay attention to football or basketball, so they're counting the days. If we weren't doing this, I feel like we'd be doing our pitchers and catchers previews. See, so. that's, 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 coming that's coming up soon. I think like two and a, two, a little less than two weeks. Yeah. So yeah, I think you know, I think that I think they do make it through the first whole week. Um, the first whole season, I should say, <laughs> not the first whole week. But I think it's gonna be exciting. The first week's gonna be very exciting. I think they're oh, gonna have Thursday games starting week yep, nine. Week nine and week ten, there are Thursday night games. There'll be a Thursday night game. I think. What are the one... dates on that? That'll be right around uh, April second and April. Oh, okay, 9th. after March, probably smart. Well, Mar- the, the March Madness is usually on the weekends when they get to the Final Four. And yeah. Too, so <laughs> my favorite part about the schedule: game times to be determined on April second, so they don't. 
So I can watch the Masters and the XFL. I think, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think they're doing the end of the year to be determined too, just because like they don't know. Like this is the end of the year. I think I think it's week ten where they're two to be determined. Correct. Uh, yes. Yeah. They're doing that just in case like there's playoff implications, is my guess. Too. Oh, so they can oh. shuffle the games around. Then they can be like, oh, this team, this game's for a playoff seed. We'll put that at the night game. Um, and if I should get in the playoffs, how it works, basically the top two from the east and the top two from the west make the playoffs. So four of the eight teams make the playoffs. So you can go like five and five, and you might have a solid chance <laughs> of winning it. I like that the playoffs are short because that makes the season matter, right? Yeah. If- so you, you literally can finish six and four, and you could be pretty solid. You could be sitting there really good. Um, I know in the AAF, I know Orlando just ran away with it. I think they lost one game. Mm-hmm. So it was really obvious who the best team was. This one, the offense is what really like is curious to me. I feel like a lot of teams have been running high air raid offenses, high-octane offenses. The only team I really could see doing slow pace is New York with Matt McGloin because I feel like that offense kind of fits him. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I just see him just kind of just like – I see St. Louis throwing the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh, the – the faster play clock suits yeah, that itself to that as well. That helps, and then the all the players are me with the mics on them too. Yep. So I feel like you gotta you gotta, yeah. you gotta know how to move. So uh, they just finished training camp this past week. Uh, this week they're just kind of everybody just is chilling, you know. And next week they start practice. Every because of all, everybody's training camp was in Houston, just different locations. Uh huh. So each team is practicing close. So if there was a trade or something, they didn't have to like that's awesome. Fly from Seattle. To Tampa Bay, the small size of this league makes it really interesting. I think it's so. There's not just like a ton of teams hitting you in the face. Yeah, it's so it's a smaller, smaller body of people hit together. So like you can be like, oh yeah, I remember this guy when he was in college. That's kind of like how I was showing Justin the rosters yeah. here, and he was like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. he was on the Atlanta Falcons at some point. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> just the names that will come up. And like yeah, it's a lot to remember. You know. 32 starting quarterbacks, 32 yes. receiver cores, eight I can handle. That's a little bit more manageable. Yeah. You know what I I'm mean? waiting for somebody to make a depth chart website where they have the depth chart. I know yeah. our, our, our lads, I think is what it is. They, they, yes. do, a, they do a really good job of college in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They did for the a, they did it for the AAF. I want to see if they do something for the XFL, which I really like that. They made a depth charts. Yeah. If, if, if not, then, you know, that's a business idea right there. Yeah, do it for yourself. Make some depth charts. <laughs> um, you know... I think it's really interesting. I mean, people seem pretty timid around this league. I think if it does take off, I think that trajectory is going to be really steep. You know, like mm-hmm. like it'll be either a big flop or a really big thing. I can't yeah. see it being a sideshow. Yeah, um, like I, I I can't see people just kind of kind of caring about this league. This can't be an MLS thing. This either needs to be like you get devotion yeah, yeah. from a small group of people or nobody's yeah b- because that's why all these like i think a big reason why these past leagues have failed is that uh the communities just have no real emotional connection to the teams yeah mm-hmm. what the xfl has done they have uh had like different like meet and greets at different restaurants around yeah. the town so oliver luck one time was at hot shots which is like a wing place like a buffalo wild wings yeah he met and there were players and gms of the team and the coaches were there to meet the fans of st louis and that's stuff awesome like that. so they did and they're in next week before they go to play they're doing an open practice mm-hmm. with stuff like that and that's D- really cool so dc i know did like on saturday they did a meet and greet with their players and stuff like that at the at audi field because they were showing like hey this is what the field's gonna look like and stuff 
I gotta imagine tickets aren't that expensive. They're not. Yeah. They're about twenty dollars. Seriously. So if you want a cheap football ticket in in the in in any of these tape in any of these, you can that's get, a steal. You get twenty twenty dollar tickets for. So if you want to bring a whole family, a family of five, just a hundred dollars to go to a football game. That's crazy. Season tickets are pretty cheap. I've seen too. So yeah, it's only five games, it, but I mean. I mean, even college football teams are very, they get expensive yeah. after a while. Mm-hmm. We know about it here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even normal, normal fan bases. Yeah, but here is. It's, it's a, even more bonkers. I think with a startup league, you got to be very family friendly oh, yeah. for prices. And I think that's what helps this league too. $20 a ticket for, for that's like one of the cheaper tickets. I know you can get cheaper tickets than that if you really want to. Yeah. Not like, and you're going to be in the lower bowl because they haven't opened the upper bowl. So it's not like you're sitting in the nosebleeds. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like ML, like for the MLB, $20 gets you a hot dog and a drink. Yes. Yeah, so if expensive. even. If even. Like, yeah. expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, yeah. And then whatever else I look at throughout this, the AF, the first week they had their games, they had a, they had a TV viewership higher than the NBA on ABC Saturday night. When they had their games on CBS, yes. So, with and that was like the only week they were like on CBS most of the time. The other ones were like on CBS Sports Network, Bleacher Report Live, yeah, TNT. All these games are on major networks, which I think will help them obviously because yeah. like they'll be and they're during the day too. So like most of the time, all the sports you know your major sports leagues are at night. Like the NBA has their Saturday right. night prime time. Mm-hmm. Uh, golf is on Sundays at like yeah. You know, if you're a big golf fan, I'm not a huge golf fan myself, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I think you know that helps them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the shortness of the season. I mean, we talk a lot about leagues that have you know so many games, and it's like, well, why the hell do I care about like the MLB? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, why do I care about Padres Astros? Like, I know what's gonna happen, and I know it doesn't matter. Like, well, the Astros know what's oh, gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Dang that zinger! Woo. Fastball fast incoming here. Free Alex, free Alex Cora, but um. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think that that's really cool, and the fact that there are so few teams, everything is going to have playoff implications on some level. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, like week four, you should start thinking about the playoffs. Yeah, mm-hmm. like if you're zero and three, you're not out. Yeah, no. <laughs> like I know the Memphis team was around like zero and four at one point because they, they they used four different quarterbacks last year in the AF. They used they started with Christian Hackenberg. Hackenberg, he would not he was not good in that league. <laughs> they went to Mettenberger and was a little better. And they went to Manziel, and they went to Brandon Silvers, and they were in playoff contention when Silvers came in, and now he's playing for the Seattle team. So, so to you, what does success look like for the XFL in year one? Year one, I think, just put on an entertaining brand of football. I think it's going to be different. I think it's going to be a lot of fun just to, like, see the different play style. Completely. I think it's going to be a mixture between college and NFL, Yeah. which I think, in my point of view, I like college football play more than the NFL. I think the NFL sometimes gets a little slow, a lot of advertisements, a lot of replays, a lot of flags. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a lot of, you know, we're here to play. We're not here to penalize every little thing, which I think they've said that. And also on all the referee crews, they'll have one woman on each crew. Huh, that's kind of cool. So like they're, the first, they're the first sports league to ever do that, too. So yeah. every league will have a, well, a woman representing on their crew. Um, but I think this is a, the, the phrase is for the love of football. And I think, you know, they're just here to, like, express, you know, the fans who are coming to the game, like, hey, we're here for the family experience. We're not here just to, like, put on a football game, mm-hmm. which I, I find that more intriguing because NFL games are very expensive once the season starts. Yeah. You, know, you look at some of these Super Bowl tickets. Um, the championship, I, I don't think it's been determined where they're playing the XFL championship yet. Hmm. Um, but 
we'll see. I think they're just waiting to see like which fan bases really show yeah. up, and yeah. then, they'll, then they'll show out. That makes that makes a lot of sense. That's what. So the, don't worry about profit margins at the end of this year. Don't worry about the numbers. Yeah, I, not, I, I would ignore. I would I would look at TV ratings for the most part. I'd mm-hmm. say because you're on ABC and them, and. I think that's the big thing. TV ratings TV, and attendance. You want and, eyeballs watching. TV ratings and attendance, I think, are the big thing. I mean, I don't know what food they're serving at these games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I don't think they've gone full into that, but... Well, the other thing I was can you... If, if somebody decides to pick a team, you know, can you go buy merch? Is that even available There's at this merch. point? There's been yeah. merch. There's so much. You can, each team also have their own footballs. What? You, I have to bring this up. You guys haven't seen this? No. Today that um, I got a football for free. From the XFL. Hey, I, got, nice. I got a St. Louis Battlehawks football. Let me, <laughs> let me Google this and look at the image. Yeah, you have to look up. Just look up XFL footballs on. You can buy one. They're like they're like $35 for a football or something Seriously? like that. You can buy jerseys. You can buy hats. You can <laughs> buy coffee mugs. You can buy everything you want for a, a football. And here's basically what they all look like. Here's a couple of different ones. Here's what they look like all together. So, like, the Wildcats, they all have, like, the team colors. Oh, dude, logos. that's so cool. Those are the logos. I have the Battlehawks one right there. <laughs> Let me see this. There's the Dragons. Oh, nice. okay. There's the Battlehawks. There's all of them, basically. They all have the different logos. And with the footballs, they're a little different, I should say. Like, they have, like, these, I think the points on the end, there's, like, an X point, like, on the end here. They will, like, help the receiver see the ball coming. And then they're, oh. like, they're gripped well, too. Like, they have a different grip system on I should have brought it with me. You know what's <laughs> weird? They almost, on the ends especially, almost look like rugby balls. I think they're bigger. They're, they're a little bigger, but they uh, the grip on the footballs, like, the laces are not as thick as the NFL footballs. Really? They're not, a, they're not super big. I've thrown it around before, and I think with the grip, there's, like, you can see there's, like, little, like, I don't know that. I don't know how really how they're pebbles. Spread. There's like pebbles. Yeah, they're like X. They're X pebbles. A ton of X's in a row. You can grip it. Like I could throw the ball with a spiral without the laces. Huh. So and kicking, I think, helps too because I've seen. So so it's kind of like like not exactly, but like a basketball like type texture almost. Kinda. I don't really know how to describe it. It's, yeah. It's different. I think it really like they they said they tested the balls. They tested several different balls, and with these ones, like I've I've had mine for about a couple months now, and it's still like perfect i went outside and threw it around you can throw throw it mighty fine without without the laces like it's, <laughs> that's kind of awesome it's crazy and, and it makes a lot of sense for those uh second forward passes exactly yeah. you just grip the ball and you can't you can't drive enough time just find the laces you can just chug it downfield i think it was also a little lighter when throwing it to be honest with you like it's not like yeah. like a heavy football yeah interesting I'm in testing weathers because, like, we can get some, like, winter. We can get some snow games in New York and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Those are always fun. Seattle gets a lot of rain that time of year. Yeah. Uh, I know St. Louis is in a dome. D.C. gets some winter weather. So, mm-hmm. if you really like those, like, snow games, these could be could be some fun ones. I'd like to see how that goes with this league. Because every time they practice so far, it's mostly been, you know, in domes or yeah. in Houston where, mm-hmm. where 50 degrees is cold to them. <laughs> here, it's like, that's, like, a perfect day. <laughs> we, have, we haven't seen 50 degrees in months. I know. I think... One of the other things that's really attractive to to me in this process is the idea that like you're you're getting in on the ground floor of something new, mm-hmm. if, and if this takes off, you're seeing the you know this is in some ways a small equivalent of seeing like the first Bears Packers game, right? Like rivalries mm-hmm. are going to grow, people are going to start if this lasts, you know, people are going to really start to hate mm-hmm. each other over this, and, and getting to watch this from the very beginning. Yeah, it's going to be a really cool experience. I think you already started, like I mentioned at the top of the, the show, I mentioned L.A. and St. Louis. Like, yeah. There's a lot of hatred between those <laughs> fan bases because um, 
Yeah. You know, L.A. basically took their football team from them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And once they left, they got to a Super Bowl, which they haven't done in St. Louis since the early 2000s. And St. Louis, which, is, <laughs> St. Louis is kind of questioning, like, well, what are we going to do with football? And then they, I think I think St. Louis was a number, like, an A-plus hit for a for a city yeah. of choice. Which, oh, where yeah, are the, the Guardians from? New York. That logo's oh, you're looking so at cool. You're looking at <laughs> Have you seen this? Yes, yeah. I know. It's Dude. Like, they're also the uniforms. Uh, each team has two sets of uniforms. You can look those up. Later. Yeah. They're really cool. New York is going with uh, gray alternates instead of white. I like that. So... Each team has their own different logos, and I, I think each team has their own different, like, saying, too. Like, oh. like I don't know, like, clear to engage is one of the team's hashtags and stuff. Okay. Hellraisers, I think, is the hashtag <laughs> for the Renegades. Huh. So each team has, like, their own hashtag. All right. Clear to engage, I think, is the Battlehawks. Battlehawks. Which I, I think that, that's unique. That's, is, is that going to be our team? Do, do you recommend picking a team before the league or just waiting to see who you like? Um... I I mean St. Louis is the closest one, so if you really like them, there's a couple. There's if you like Demorne, Pearsonell, and Ray and Riley, that's a team. Um, I'd also just like to check out all the games. I mean, yeah. like I haven't really picked a team. I've been kind of falling on every team. Um, my Twitter handle, whatever you call it, I made that separate Twitter, and it's got me like a couple. Of everything XFL. Yeah, everything <laughs> underscore XFL. Um, I also have tweeted today also about like Landry Jones and the company because like mm-hmm. we don't know whether he's doing. Yeah, it's everything underscore xfl if you want to follow me your one-stop shop for xfl news yeah i also like the there's another guy named connor falk i think he's another guy i don't know where he, i think he's from houston area he's done like a really good job like covering the league too because i think like from the fan base thing like it's hard to build up a new fan base mm-hmm. like without guys like us i'd say there's really it's hard to get capture the fans because like the only fans if you didn't bring in football fans or, like, wrestling fans who follow Vince McMahon or whatever he does, because you hear XFL, it's like, oh, Vince McMahon, I better watch some football. I don't know a lot about football. I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's built up from the ground up, and I, I think, like, us fans and, like, with social media helps us, helps this league as well, I think, mm-hmm. which is going to be a big thing. I think, you know, looking at all the games I've seen, all the video I've seen of the scrimmages, you know, some of the scrimmages were, like, 27-15, um, they were pretty close, like for the most part. Dude, so. with these new rules, XFL scoregamis are going to be insane. <laughs> yeah, I know they started an AF scoregami. I remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm curious to see like the first week. Let me see what matchups we got. If I had to make my week one predict, or if I had to do power rankings, I could do power rankings. Right? Let's, well, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's yeah, do this. Let's well, do that. Put me on the spot here. So, <laughs> if I had to pick who I think is the bottom right now, who needs a little bit of work, I'd probably say Seattle. Right Seattle. Now. Seattle. I think. Because I'm Mike Riley. <laughs> they're selling. They're selling the most tickets. So I don't know. Maybe the fan base, you know, will get yeah. behind this team, and it, it's just rough. The second one I'd say is, ooh, I got, I got to look at these teams real quick. Second, I'd probably say is Tampa Bay. It's just like I just they have Mark Trestman coach them. He's the former Ew. CFL multiple time champion, but he was the Bears coach, and that did not go well. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're probably my seventh spot. Um, sixth spot is probably St. Louis. I just oh. I just don't know a lot about him yet. Like Jordan Tamu, I haven't seen play. Mm-hmm. And and, and he, like a lot of these quarterbacks were pretty good in college. Uh, Jordan Tamu led a four and eight team. He had two then like guys who were what, rookies this year in the NFL, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown, who were yeah. studs. It's hard for me to think like I don't know. I just haven't seen enough out of them right mm-hmm. now. Um, I don't know. I'm the New York team I used to think was not good, but they're kind of like drawn on me. I'm kind of thinking so I'm at number five. Five, I'd probably put Houston right now. It's just because like I like what I've seen. Their defense was pretty good in their scrimmage, but like so sorry, New York's five, Houston's four. Um, uh, 
I'd say Houston's five. I, oh. said, I was thinking New York. Five is Houston. Okay. I'd probably put it four. I'd probably put L.A. And I'd probably, probably put New York at three, to be honest with okay. you. Really? I think Matt McGloin, you know, it was a, it was a great pick, great quarterback they got, I think. Yeah. Supposedly, he, uh, for season ticket callers, he called them, oh. the season ticket people. That's so cool. And, yeah. like, talked to them on the phone. And stuff like that. I love that increased accessibility. That's so, just like, awesome. It's not just, like, a random guy just like, oh, I'm playing playing football he's like there like he's mm-hmm. he's theirs pretty much i mean because new york they haven't had a good run of quarterbacks here recently so <laughs> matt mcloin will change that um two i'd probably say is dallas i have them like up and down just because landry jones is like the face i'd say of this league mm-hmm. he was like the big because like tommy maddox was the guy who came out of the xfl yes. and went to who was ironically yeah a former steelers quarterback as well as you said <laughs> which i think landry jones could you know be that guy who could come one year yeah. XFL and go straight go in the NFL and be back in the NFL. Yeah, because because with all these you know crappy backups getting shots, like I'm surprised Landry Jones didn't see his name called before I mean, it was he, too late. He did get blocked by the XFL. Yeah, but, yeah, I that's mean, what I meant by too late. Um, and then number one on paper, I'd say DC is the best team right now. I think that's the that's the team. That, like, that offense is loaded. The, the offense looks great on paper. If you want to see, I've it. wanted to cheer for a non-racist DC football team for so long, and I think I finally found my opportunity. Here's the so. rosters. There's a ton of rosters yeah. there, dude. And like, I you print, really did your homework. Yeah, it's just Wikipedia mixed with my typing, and just. Like, <laughs> so if I had to make my week one picks, man, I, this is I can't believe this is like in ten days from now. Oh yeah, I'm I'm getting excited. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> I, I got kind of excited, like when the draft happened. I remember I was in. Uh, I'm sorry for John Schrader who's here. I was in his sports media <laughs> sports media class watching the uh, watching the draft on my laptop during class. I mean, <laughs> it was a necessity. It wasn't like the it wasn't like a, like you know NFL draft. The guy walks up to the podium, you know. Oh, right. It, it wasn't like that. It was it was literally like Oliver Luck and you know the other presidents of the league sat down in a you know a, a room kind of like this yeah and they just make a phone call like a, it was like a, a phone line and be like hey hey st louis you're on the clock and then they go to st louis and they'd be like i want the sixth pink we pick blah 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 and then they move on <laughs> it was very fast paced i think they only had like a minute and a half to make every pick man this league loves quick clocks don't they hey <laughs> we know people people hate waiting people are impatient they want yeah. us to move if i had to make my week one predictions my my game to watch week one is probably DC and Seattle. The first game. Yeah. That's the first game you're going to get a glimpse of the XFL. And and, and but, but do you think uh, that that could potentially be a bad look if like the teams it, go out as you say and DC just kills them? I mean, if they show some flashiness, I think you know with the scoring system it keeps Seattle in it. Oh yeah, yeah. that's and, true. And the first week of the year, and the first week, uh, the preseason, the one preseason game they played. The week one matchups were the preseason games. Oh, so okay. oh. each game was close. Each okay. game was huh. a possession. So I think I think the largest blowout. I think I think New York beat Tampa 27-15. Every other single one. I know the the Dallas St. Louis game went to overtime when they played in the in the Reeds, and it was pretty crazy. But those are backups. Not all the starters played off. Yeah, yeah. It was. I'd compare it to an NFL preseason mm-hmm. game four, where the starters maybe played one drive and then. Because, like, during that time, the rosters were about 70 people. So, some guys who played in that didn't make the team, obviously. Yeah. What what I find interesting is how quickly you, if you really wanted to, could build up a blowout in this. With the yeah. Scoring, if you you're scored, scoring nine points every time you go down the field. I want to like, see how coaches get super risky. Like, yeah. During the preseason, it didn't seem like coaches were fully loading up the playbook. Right. It seemed like a lot of just coaches were just going for one. And... 
there's gonna be so there's gonna have to be so much innovation in the red zone as far you as play calling. Be, yeah. Like you've got to call something different if, every single time. If you want to get a three points from the ten yard line like that, I don't think anybody attempted that in the preseason. So I want to see if a team just says like we score right away in the first game. Like hey, let's go up nine. Yeah. Or, like let's say you're down like twenty eight. Uh, like 19, you score a touchdown. Like you can go for three or whatever if you really want to <laughs> really want to win the game, or some so on. So, so yeah, it should be interesting to see how teams do the scoring system. Yeah, the scoring system would be pretty crazy. I think. Like you said, no one's ever truly out of it. Then. Yeah, like it was an 18 point game. It's only two possessions in the NFL. <laughs> That's just insane. Which I mean, and if I and, think- and, and, and with the fourth in. Uh, 15. So do, you, do you think that if an offense gets really rolling, they can just go nine points, well, convert the fourth and 15, and get another nine well, that's points? That's a good point you're putting up right here. Let's yeah. say a team gets stopped at midfield on like fourth and 10. Yeah. Is it worth it to punt? Because they, if you do a touchback, the ball's going to be at the 35 yard line. Yeah. It'd only be a 25 yard punt. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to so be working with a lot of short fields. You might as well go for it. I think there'll be, there, I think coaches are also like, they're supposed to, you know, like, yeah. they want them to go for it more on fourth mm-hmm. down because no one wants to see a punt, punt, punt fest. Yeah, <laughs> which is what the AAF kind of Kind of was into. for a little bit. It was, I think one of the final scores was like three to nine, I think, in one of their leagues. Yeah. I think it was like uh, Salt Lake and San Diego played like a that's, six to three game. That's almost which, big, <laughs> big Ten level. Yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> like, like that's fun for the Big Ten, but... For a national audience. Yeah, but for a national audience, like when there's no other football, that's not going to cut it. All right. I I think we've covered the XFL pretty dang good. Yeah. There's another game this weekend. I think we should uh, write out the episode, at least mentioning. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. The game that shall not be named, apparently. Yes. All right. Chiefs. Was there others? Do do we want to talk about Bo Pelini? Yeah, Bo works for LSU now. There's a segment. There it, is. there it is. <laughs> it's a good hire, I think. Yeah, it's oh, a good yeah. hire. He doesn't have to talk to press in no. this role, probably. Uh, it makes sense to have him kind of behind yeah. Coach O's yeah. cult of personality. What, so. a, what a duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Iconic. Hey, got him a pay, pay raise, too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, head coach at FCS, too. It, wait, are, are, are they paying him more to coach DC than uh, d- uh, defensive coordinator than we were paying him after we fired him? Don't think so. No. <laughs> he's getting $2 million a year, I think, is what I saw. Oh, yeah. gosh. It's mean, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Yeah. SEC defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. a lot. It's bananas. <laughs> All right. Well, there, there's that. Yeah. All right. Chiefs and Niners. <laughs> Any thoughts? Um. Honestly, when I look at it on paper, I think it's a pretty even matchup, but I think the Super Bowl is going to be a blowout. I'm putting that out there. Hot hot take today. <laughs> I think I think by second first half will be tight. I think third quarter will be the make or break. Yeah. I think Chiefs will win 38-17. Don't tell me this. Chiefs fans are the most petulant thing since Packers fans. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm not, I'm not really a big NFL fan, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. I watch I watch fantasy football keeps me into it, and the NFL Red Zone channel keeps me into it. Yeah, I, I don't have Red Zone. My uncle has it, and it's sweet. Like, that's definitely best, the best way to best, watch best it. Best way to watch mm-hmm. the NFL. Easy. Mm-hmm. I, Scott Hansen is my hero. He's on. so good. <laughs> he's so good. Oh, every... Thing in my head tells me to pick the Niners, and the Niners are going to win this game. Throughout the Super Bowl history, when it goes defense versus offense, defense 
always wins. Defense but I think Patrick Mahomes is just that good. Nah. I, I, I think I, he's just that good, and the Chiefs win. I don't feel that strongly one way or another. It's like, I think it's... It looks like a really even matchup on paper. I'm going to trust my gut and say it's close, but the, the Niners come up with those big stops. Mm-hmm. Mahomes has never done this before, right? Like yeah, neither has Jimmy G. No, that's, to- that's, that's totally fair, yeah. but I just think, yeah. I don't know. But- when I really think about the kind of program that can put together like a championship-quality team, what, 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 what program do I think is going to keep their heads down the stretch? And really be able to pull something out. I, I don't know. I trust that 49ers defense to get the stops. I could be totally wrong. but uh, The way I look at it is here. Like the Chiefs of defense has gotten a lot better over the over the year we've seen. They've had some stints where they've struggled going down 24 nothing to the Texans. Where I think we all wrote them out. Yeah. They scored 50 straight points or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Jimmy G over the last couple of games. I, I like Jimmy G personally. I think it's, it was a great trade they made. He... He works perfectly for that team. I like if you put him on any other team. I don't think he sniffs the success he has in San Francisco. Like San Francisco built the team, like not around Jimmy G. They built the team, and they had Jimmy G just come in and say, "Hey, don't mess this up." And he's done an amazing job at like being good enough to yeah. score enough points with that defense. That consistency like, is the key. Like normally when there's a like a great defense and a like a not elite offense. We criticize that offense so heavily. Nobody really talks bad about Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just so darn efficient at his job. The, yeah. thing, the thing about Jimmy G is the last couple of games, they've kind of gone away from the passing attack, mm-hmm. which a little worries me a little, but it also like, I feel like he's well rested yeah. at the same time. And, and, and you saw how Derrick Henry, the biggest monster of a running back we've seen since Adrian Peterson in the NFL the Chiefs held him to under 100 yards. So that thing, thing is with San Francisco, they have multiple running backs. Yeah. They have Moster. Coleman, Moster, um, Matt Briata. They have multiple running backs. Matt Briata, people are saying he's a sneaky pick for the whoever scores the first, if you want to bet on who scores the first touchdown. Speaking of Super Bowl betting, there, there is a bunch of stupid things prop you can bets, bet on. The prop, oh, prop prop bets are great. So I want to get your opinion oh, on, on, I, on, I, on, I, on, I, on the stupidest prop bet I can find. I have not seen seen them all, but I've, I've heard of a couple. But All right, this is my favorite prop bet. Is it a yes or no one? No. Oh. What color will the Gatorade be oh, yeah, that right. gets poured on the winning head coach? Blue. Green. Blue. We have red at plus 135, green, yellow, and lime at plus 250, purple at plus 500. Can you really bet on these? Orange yeah. at plus 575. You probably have an addiction if you're betting on them. Yeah, clear, you got a problem. Clear slash water at 600 and blue at 650. Dang. Where's the smart money on the Gatorade colors? I take that blue. Blue's usually uh, pretty pop, pop, popular. It's probably my I, favorite Gatorade. I, I like that blue. I wonder how like you tell the difference with lime. Like how will you know if lime yeah. drop? Like, oh, oh yeah, I bet yeah. lime, but like how are you gonna know? Yeah, like, th- yeah, yeah. That's why <laughs> lime, green, and yellow are all the same category. Same category? Yeah. Okay. My, my, I don't know. I think like green is the quintessential thing that you imagine coming out of there. Yeah. That's uh, that's it. The lime, the lime green. I just want to say right now that the uh, <laughs> the oh, betting no. addiction hotline is eight four four nine four five zero five zero eight. With that said, I feel like. I could comfortably have the rest of this discussion. So. <laughs> I bet that rises come Saturday evening, Sunday. Sunday oh yeah, that will rise. <laughs> the blue. <laughs> well, it's the most betted on sports game, I think. Oh, easy. Yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys think there'll be any good commercials? Uh, like I last year, I honestly cannot name you a commercial that happened. 
Like, uh, there was the weird one with the wall. Who I, did I, the weird wall commercial? You remember that one? I honestly have no idea what you're talking Try about. Try to explain it further. Yeah, it was like, there, were cle- there was clearly like, a Latino family that like walked up to a wall oh. and then there was a door and then it was like all state or some I don't remember. Do you remember who even did that? No, I I, I don't remember any I, I'm like yeah. See, I'm drawing a blank. I honestly remember the Patriots won thirteen to three, but that's all I really remember. I don't remember. I I, I couldn't I, even I, told you the score. So I remember I remember watching, it was not the I, I know there were movie trailers. I don't even remember which ones. I know there were a crap ton of I feel movie like trailers. a lot of the commercials get leaked. Like, yeah, well, the companies do it themselves now, and that's no fun. Isn't there another Bond movie coming up that we don't have a trailer for yet? That's probably going to that be could That could be a thing. Yeah. And a lot of these, like, they pay so much money for, like, yeah. these, like 45 seconds of TV. Bananas. And, like, and, 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 you know, they devote so much of their company, like, to making an ad for this. And so, so when these things bomb, that's just fascinating to me. Like, this yeah, was the best all, you could come up with. Yeah. Money. We could yeah. hire some writers or fire some. <laughs> yeah. We'll have an ad PR kit in next week to uh, <laughs> down the ads. Talking down. But yeah. Well. Yeah, I got Chiefs. I got Chiefs. I just can't bet against Mahomes. Yeah, Chiefs because I've been riding with them all playoffs even though everything else says Niners. I'll take the Niners because I'm a contrarian and I think defense wins right. championships. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that history is on your side. The Seahawks that one yeah. year against Denver. Yeah, Denver defense. Against... Yeah, but Patriots last year. Yeah, I mean, yep. it's, yeah. it's on your side. And they shut down that Rams offense. Yeah. They were so yeah. good. Yeah, that Rams offense dropped like 34 in the NFC and like, three in the Super Bowl. That game that game broke them. They haven't been the same since. No, <laughs> no, they haven't. So, all right. Yeah, I mean, Alrighty. Well, watch the XFL. Yeah, I would. I mean, I think it's And follow be- everything X underscore XFL on Twitter. Thank right. you. Thank you, everybody. This has been Justin the Nick of Time or Justin the Nick of Nick of Time. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And that's how I'm ending it. <laughs>